Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Daf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We're now on Masachet Shabbat Daf Samech Dalad Amud Bet at Mishnah Hey of the sixth parak. Yotzayin Shabbachutei Semer. They are. This is something we saw earlier. Ben Mishalab Ben Mishal Chaverta Ben Mishal Behema. A woman can go out with hair that she's wearing, whether it's her own, whether it's another woman's, or whether it's an animal's. With Totafet Zavitin, this is in the first Mishnah, if you recall, we mentioned that Totafet Zavitin, that she may not wear if they're not sewn on to the headdress. Bizman Shein Tfurin, if they are sewn on, she can wear them. Uba Kavula, Upeya Nochrit, Lechatser. We'll see what a Kavula is. Here it seems to be, uh, the wool cap. In the first Mishnah, we had, um, uh, two interpretations. Uh, Shmuel versus Rabbi Avau about whether it was the wool cap or the slave, uh, uh, seal, but here it's certainly the wool cap, peyanochrit, which is a wig, lechatzer. Now, b'mochshabos, now, b'mochshabosandal, b'mochshit kinon le'ata, moch is like some cotton that she stuffs in, in the, into her ear, or into her shoe, to make it more comfortable, or for nida. Uh, b'pilpel, gagil melach, gargir melach, as it were, some pepper, or some salt kernels, or anything she puts in her mouth, We'll see what that's all about. But she can't put these on in lechatchila b'shabbat, and we'll see why. If you not if anything is found out, fell out, she can't put it back into her mouth. Shein totevet, which is a false tooth, which is like another human tooth that's uh, been implanted in her, or shein shel zahav, a gold tooth. Rabbi Matir v'chachamim osrim machlokut whether she can wear them on Shabbat. Okay, Utsricha. The first question is, why do we have to mention all the different kinds of hair that she may wear? The answer is, we need them all. If we only mention she could wear her own hair, it's not disgusting, it's the same shade as her regular hair. She has no reason to want to take it off when she's in public. She has somebody else's hair, which is either just physically upsetting or else maybe a different color, and therefore she may uh, suddenly decide to take it off in public. So, that we might disallow for the same reason we disallowed all those things in the first Mishnah. She may remove it and carry it in public. So if we mentioned other women's hair, so at least the same species. But in animals, is not even the same species. I might think she'd certainly take it off and carry it. Therefore, I need to say that all of them are mutar. We're adding on a caveat which is that she has to wear hair that's appropriate for her age. So if she's a girl, not to wear old person's hair, or vice versa. So Bishnaz Kenab Shal Yalda, I understand why an older person would wear a younger person's hair. Shabachula. Ali Yalda Mishal's Kenamai, why wouldn't a younger person wear older person's hair anyways? Kenaihula, it's degrading for her. The answer is Aidatanas Kenab Shal Yalda Mishal's Kenam. The answer is you're right. And it was only parallel construction. The only one that we really are concerned about is an older woman wearing younger woman's hair. Now, Kabul Rav. Rav said the following rule. All the things that Chacham said she can't wear in Rishut Rabim, like the unsewn totefet and the and the wool strands, etc. In the first Mishnah, I saw that said Chatzer. We don't allow her even to wear it in the Chatzer, and the concern is that she'll continue from there. Uh, to go further out. These are the two that she's allowed to wear. He has a different approach. Meaning, all of them are allowed in the Chatser, just like the Kavul. Kavul's the model. Now, Tan, the Kavul, our Mishnah singles those two out. And the Chatser, so Mishnah, the Rav Necha, that works for Rav. 
but his approach seems to not work, because why single them out? Who's he quoting? He disagrees with our Mishnah, that's okay. is just repeating it, reporting it. Now, for Rav, Mishnahani, so according to Rav, though, and really our Mishnah, why are these two singled out, and she's allowed to wear them in the Chatzar, which is not allowed to wear them in the Shutar Abim? As opposed to other things that are the, uh, Isur is a blanket Isur. The answer is, so we make sure that she doesn't become disgusting to her husband. When she's in the Chatzar, we allow her to wear certain things to keep her beauty. Kiritanya, as we have the following bright up. Uh, it's a famous, uh, Sifra at the end of Parsha Mitzorah. Hadava benidata. A woman in her nida remains in her nida. So nida here means sort of distanced. So the original rule was she shouldn't put on makeup and she shouldn't wear colored clothes. came along Her husband, who's going to be seeing her that way for uh, at least a week every month, is going to find her disgusting. And it's how Bala Magashan, her husband will end up divorcing her. We don't want that. So he said we do allow her to get dressed up nice and to look pretty, etc. for her husband. So how does Rabbi Kiva interpret the pasuk? Which means nida is not a status that changes at all, even though she stopped pleading, even though she said shiva nikim, etc., until she actually goes into the mikvah. Now, the word nida does not refer to some sort of extra distancing, but just the status of nida. And that's why, according to Rav, we would have, we, they allowed these couple of things in the chaser. So now we kind of continue with the same theme, um, which is things that are prohibited in public also being prohibited in, in semi-private. So any time that there's an isur because of marita ayin, meaning because people seeing it will get the wrong impression about what's going on, it's asur even in private. Now, let's see. We have a Mishnah, our Mishnah, that said that the, and back on the fifth paragraph, that the animal can't go out with a bell on, even though it's stuffed, so it's not going to make noise. We have another, a Brita that says that you can take the uh, bell and stuff it in such a way that it won't make noise, and, uh, and walk with it in the Chatzer, which means, that the Marita Ayin, which we said, what's the reason you can't put a bell on the animals? Because it'll look like you're going to the marketplace. But you can do that in private. So you see that the Chatzar is treated differently, which is the entry into the sugya from the previous one, and that we don't say Marita Ayin is Asur even in private. The answer is Tanoihi. The answer is this, this statement of Rav is really subject to Machloka Tanaim. The Tanya, Shotchan Bechama Velokenegan Ha'am. That's Rav Shimon Osrim. What happens if you're walking on Shabbat and it rains on you or you get very wet, your clothes get wet? You could take your clothes off and put them out in the sun. Uh, we assume that if it was raining, it stopped raining and it's sunny now to dry out. But you can't do it facing the people, which means the problem would be it looks like you're doing laundry on Shabbat. So that we don't allow you to put it facing the people, but you could do it privately. So you see, Marita Ayin only applies in public. Rebelezer of Shimon say you're not allowed to do it at all because it applies in private too, and that's the position that Rav took. Okay, now to the moch. We said putting in a, a cotton or something in her ears. It has to be tied on. There has to be some sort of tie, not just stuffed in. Moch same thing with a sandal. It has to be tied to her shoe. Again, the concern is she may take it out 
and forget about Shabbat. Here, if it's tied on, she'll remember, or she won't have a chance to carry it because it's tied on. So there, of when he got to the third one, some Rambar So Rambar Chama wanted to say what Rambar Yechezkel said, which is Vushukshuvala ben Michoteha. That has to be also tied on uh, between her thighs. So I'm a rubber of it. Turns out, here you don't need it to be tied on, unlike the other two. It's disgusting. There's blood on it, if anything. So she's not going to want to carry it in public, unlike the ear and the shoe, which are not inherently disgusted. What if she has the one in her ear and it's got a little handle? Is it still mutar? Still okay. Rabbi Yochanan had an earache and he wore this thing in his ear to the Beit Midrash. And his colleagues were displeased with that. Rabbi Yochanan went to a Carmelite. He was upset by that. How could he go out? After all, it has to be tied in. Now, there's two different ways to look at this. Rashi brings two lishonot. So we'll take one, and we'll go back and do the other. One is, how could they walk out at all? After all, it has to be tied on. So his answer is, Lokash, If it's put in solidly, you don't need, like, stuffed in tight, then you don't need to be tied on. That's what they were doing. And uh, if it's loose, then it has to be tied on, and that's why they felt it was okay, because it was tie- pushed in tightly. The other possibility is, is why were they getting upset at them after all it was tied on? And the answer is, even tied on is only okay if it's stuffed in. Here it was loose, so tied on wasn't good enough. And that's why the colleagues were upset. Okay, we said, we said uh, uh, pepper or some salt. Pepper would be to cure halitosis. It's for some sort of a toothache that she would keep the salt in her mouth. What else would a woman put in her mouth to walk around with? The answer is zangabila, which is ginger. Inami dartsona, or possibly dartsona, which is also like a cinnamon or something. Again, something like like chewing gum, or like keeping a sucking candy in. Okay, we say at the end of the Mishnah we had the Machloket, Rebbe and Chachamim about the uh the teeth. Rabbi says that the only machloket is if it's gold. Shalkesav it's a silver tooth, everybody agrees it's mutar, she's not gonna take it out to show anybody. Bright that says exactly that. So Abaye does what Abaye does, which is to line up disparate mention, disparate opinions among Tanaim and find a conceptual similarity. Rebbe here, Rebbe Eliezer and Shimon Elazar all agree that anything that she uses to defend herself, meaning anything that, uh, sorry, anything that would she would find degrading uh by taking off we which is not going to show and therefore and therefore we allow her to wear. Rebbe Hadamran, Rebbe's the, the tooth. He says taking out the tooth would be degrading for her. Rebeliezer says she's allowed to remember the thing with her mayor, uh to to take these uh, uh perfumes with her and remember Rebeliezer's reason is that only a woman with bad smell would be carrying these spices in the bag uh, and therefore, she's not going to take it off and show it to her friends. Therefore, she's allowed to wear it on Shabbat. 
Back in the very beginning of the barrack, Shemar Lazar said that any, any item on her hairdress, which is below the cap, she can wear because it would be, it would involve undoing her hair and something like that, which she would not do in public, and therefore since she would be mitkana, she's not going to do it, and therefore she's allowed to wear it on Shabbat. Okay, the next Mishnah, Yotza'a B'Sela Sha'alat Sinit. Atzinit is some sort of a wound on her leg, and a cella would be like a, a coin. She can wear that on the uh, on the wound. Why would she wear it? We'll see three different opinions, three different approaches. Little girls can go out with strands in their hair. Even with little uh, stick, like little pegs, that they put into their ear to keep the ear-piercing hole open before they, don't, they have uh, uh, earrings. Women in Arabic countries can go out wearing uh, like a burqa. People living in Media can wear out wearing clasps that hold their clothes together, meaning whatever the local custom of dress is. Truth is, anybody could do it. They were just talking about the normal circumstance. She can clasp her clothes using a stone. goes or a nut, or a coin. But she can't do it the Chatechila Shabbat, meaning if she was already dressed that way on Friday, she can go out that way, but she can't set it up on Shabbat. Now let's see what this all is. First question is, Maitzinit. What's the Tzinit that we said you could put a a, a coin on? And it was Batara. It's a wound on her foot, on her on her on her under on under part of her foot. Maishtasela. Why a sela? If you think it's because it's hard, they have a lachaspa, put some pottery. It must be because of the metal uh, rust. So they have a latasa, so make a little gold plate. It must be because there's an image on it. So they have a lapulsa, so use some sort of a, a, um, a um, uh, slug. So Abayah says, from the fact that we allow to use the coin means that all these things are good, both being hard and being metal, and also having some sort of an image on it, uh, are all good for her. Okay. So there's a famous story that Shmuel's father uh, and his daughters, he did not allow his, da- his daughters to go out wearing these chutin, even though our Mishnah said it was okay. He wouldn't let them sleep with each other in the same bed. And also, he set up mikvaot for them, even though they lived right on the Euphrates River uh, for the spring. But in the fall, he made mats for them to put on their feet in the river when they would go to the mikvah. Now, let's see what this is all about. He wouldn't allow them to go out with these strands. I have a mission that says they are allowed to. They had colored ones, and they were so fancy, they were afraid that they would take them off and show their friends. I wouldn't let them sleep together. So It seems to support Ravuna. Women who sleep together and who uh, engage in some sort of uh, promiscuous activities are psulot lekuna. And Shmuel, Shmuel, being a Kohen, wanted his daughters not to be psulot lekuna, and it's inappropriate behavior, so he wouldn't let them sleep with each other. In other words, the concern is that they would experiment, as it were, sexually. The answer is, lo, he didn't necessarily agree with that. They shouldn't be used to always having a body with them, meaning they should be accustomed to uh, to sleeping alone, so that 
they, they shouldn't fall into the trap of saying, uh, I'm lonely and try to find anybody to sleep with. What was the last one? When there's rain in the west, meaning in Eretz Yisrael, the big witness for that is the Euphrates, meaning that the uh, Euphrates rises in the spring from rainwater. Now, rainwater is only a kosher, kosher mikveh if it's a mikveh, meaning it's gathered together, not in a river. So, he said, I'm afraid that there may be more rainwater than the spring water from where the headwaters of the Euphrates come, and therefore this will be in, invalid as a mikvah. But by the time the fall comes along, all the snow melts and all the rain is gone, and now all that's left is what's coming from the the river itself, and that's co- fine. That's why he would allow them in the fall and the winter. By the way, Shmuel was opposed to his own father's position. He says that the river is not blessed by the rainwater in Eretz Yisrael, but rather by its own its own source, which means it should be good at any time. And by the way, Shmuel contradicts himself. He said the only time that you can use Zochalin, uh, which means like a spring water, is the prat in the fall, because the rain is over, which means on, on a practical level, he accepted Rav's position about the rain, and he accepted his own father's uh, ruling for his daughters. All right, the last part of the Mishnah said that she could, uh, she could use an, a rock as a clasp on her garments. You said she's allowed to do it, and then you said she's not allowed to do it on Shabbat. So The last one is just saying if it's a coin, she can't do it on Shabbat. The rest she could do on Shabbat. Can a woman use a trick? And cla- make a clasp on her uh, garments using a nut. Let's see, they've not got time to Shabbat. Her son is outside. He wants to play with a nut. She can't carry it outside. So she uses it as a clasp, goes outside, and takes it off and gives it to her son. Is that okay? So we have a, a, a discussion in the uh, 16th parak when it comes to a fire, whether you're allowed to use ha'arama, which means trickery, to get more things out of the house. Um, go into the house, put on clothes that you wouldn't normally wear, but it's legitimate. Go outside, take them off, go back in, etc. So, this question could be asked according to each position, meaning neither position would necessarily say the same thing here about her using the nut. According to the position that says we're allowed to use the trick when it comes to a fire, the answer is what's the reasoning behind the permission to use a trick? Because a person seeing his house burn down, he's going to be very concerned, and if we don't allow him to do it, he's just going to put the fire out. So we allow him all the tricks he needs. But here, if you tell the woman that she can't use this trick to get the nut out, so she won't. Perhaps the opposite. Even according to the position that says we're not allowed to use a trick in the fire, because there, you're carrying in a normal way. Here, it's not a normal way of carrying, Maybe it's okay. So take which means that even if you held ma'arimin with the fire, you may hold that she can't use do the nut here, and vice versa. Which means we really have no clue, and that will not inform us at all, and we're left with the teku. Okay, we'll do. We'll come to the uh, to the um, next mishnah about the amputee and his uh, his crutches and his stump and his wheelchair and using that on Shabbat in the next podcast. In the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.